0: your troubles are mountain in tax or accounting. You go to Cruise. Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Orn. Welcome oh. to Founders and Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Parker Conrad of Rippling. Welcome, Parker. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So we are huge fans of Rippling at Cruise. We use you guys we promote you. you. Yes. I have a lot to talk about. I'm probably like, hopefully my energy level isn't too high just because I really like talking about things we use and you're the person and your team created a lot of stuff we use. So I'm super excited. But the last time we did this podcast year and a half ago, Rippling had not launched yet. You were like working on it furiously. Like you take your key, take yourself back to that moment. Like it was March, 2019. Like holy smokes, we've you've come a really long way.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, I, I remember it was sort of right, kind of right at the beginning. We were, um, we were. I mean, we were as we are now. We were super excited about our product, but definitely, um, we 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 had a an extremely tiny footprint. I mean, I think we still have a, a fairly small footprint, but but certainly a lot bigger than it was a year and a half ago. And it was fun kind of talking to you about the market and sort of how we thought about what we were doing, and um, not a lot's changed in terms of how we think about. Yeah. It.
0: Um, I remember you had this kind of quiet confidence. It was like, but you still have, like, you still weren't sure. I like, this was like picking up subconsciously. Like you, you, you weren't positive it was going to work, but you felt good about, but you're like a very modest at that moment. You're like, okay, I think I know it's like having a good hand in cards. It's like, you, you had a good hand in poker, but you didn't know how the,
1: how the hand was actually, you going don't know to how, the, what, the, what the river's going to yeah. turn over.
0: Tell everyone what Rippling is and, and how you help startups and, and SMBs and other companies handle their payroll
1: benefits and uh, and their IT infrastructure. Yeah. So Rippling, the, the sort of insight behind Rippling, if there is one, is that employee data within a company is uh, sort of very broadly distributed across the business and is not just about the HR department and HR systems. And I think The critical difference between us and other vendors is that most companies, I think, misunderstand employee data as being an HR department and an HR systems thing. Um, And we think that almost every business system in a company is tremendously reliant on information about employees. And sometimes that can be as simple as just usernames and passwords for authentication into those systems. But a lot of systems, you know, the underlying logic around how some of these systems operate—you know, who gets access to what, uh, how they're configured, what level of permissions they have, the policies that apply to them—systems um, that have concepts like alerts and workflow. Often, those alerts or those approvals or that workflow is triggered based on characteristics like what is an employee's job or role in the organization. The alert or the approval is routed based on that person's role or position within the organization. And so all of these things across this wide array of business systems are sort of secretly dependent on you know, this understanding of who your employees are and what do they do for your company. And, and as a result of that, I think that the, this there's this wide swath of administrative work within a business, this irreducible kind of crap work that nobody really likes doing. <laughs> yeah. That is ultimately, you know, sort of in in this unrecognized way about solving that problem, about making sure that all of this information about employees is translated across all these different systems. And you see that in stark relief when you hire someone that you know you hire someone and suddenly like you need to yeah, you need to get them up and running in payroll and set them up with benefits and get their paperwork signed. But then you also need to like set them up in, you know, email and Slack and Dropbox and Salesforce and GitHub. And you need to get them added to the right email lists and Slack channels and the right policies and configurations and roles. And you need to get them their computer and it needs to have the right software and the right permissions set up on it. You need to get them key card access. You need to get them a corporate card. You have to have the right spending policies applied to them and on and on and on. But then, of course, it's not, you know, that's just the the most where you really see it. But there's this ongoing thing that whenever anything about an employee changes, all or some subset of these systems are implicated and need to be updated. And so that was a very long winded answer. But the net of it is that we think of, um, you know, the the main difference behind Rippling being that we are an employee system that connects very broadly across the organization, across HR, IT, finance, facilities, you know, all this stuff, as opposed to a lot of our competitors, which are really very, very narrowly, just the HR department.
0: You said, you said a bunch of really smart things there, but the, it used to be, you thought about payroll and benefits, but like everyone, including us is so like tied to so many different web services. Like you, when a new employee joins, they cannot just like start, they don't just fire up their computer and start working. There's like, at least 20 different systems you have to get access to for for pretty much anybody, especially like a cruise. And so we found that when we hired, like hired a new person, payroll and benefits setup was actually relatively easy, but it was all these other systems that took a lot of time. So our operations manager would spend three or four hours for every person. And then we offload that to like an IT services firm who who does a good job, but that's 140 bucks an hour. So now you're talking $400 every single time you hire someone. That doesn't include if you have to let someone go, there's just like the, what you guys have done with this, like, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, like single sign on or authentication layer, whatever you, you call it is really, really powerful. And it, it it saves companies a lot of time and money. It's, it's really amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I think there's another thing you said that was super smart, which is you're talking about kind of access to this employee data and most companies there's very limited, like, kind of levels of access. So, like, usually it's like the CEO, COO, CFO, maybe a VP of operations or someone like that has access. With Rippling, you can you can create different access layers and kind of free that data up. So, so like the IT department can see it, or other other people in the organization can see it, make it more useful. And I think you're kind of like uh, like I don't know. You probably have a better way of saying this, but it feels like you're unlocking a lot of data that can make the business run make people's jobs easier because they, they don't have to like keep checking
1: back or keep checking to get access to something does that make sense yeah well so I'll tell you one of my favorite features in rippling is our reports and our reporting capabilities um, and um, we there are two things that I that I like about reports about how we approached it one is that most systems in our space um, the way they do this they create a lot of canned reports. Yep. So they create, there's a report for this, there's a report for that, there's a report for this. And we decided very early on that we were going to um, essentially declare war on canned reports um, and that we wanted to like kill all of them and create instead like custom reports. And the reason for that is the canned reports, you you never have enough of them. You know, like there's always like because the can you, there's always like well this can't dissipate can every scenario. It's impossible. That's what I need, but I need something a little bit different. And and you can you so you end up these systems that are developing like hundreds and hundreds and you know even more different canned reports. And eventually, it's clear the the only answer is really to create a custom reporting interface that's sophisticated enough and simple enough that people can get to like exactly what they want right away. And so that's been a, a big area of focus for us and also like a big a big going forward area of development. The reason why we switched to
0: Rippling, we switched about six months ago. It was We always kind of knew we were going to get there, but the, the catalyst, there was two catalysts. The reports, we could not get good reports from the old system. So our VP of, our head of operations came to me one day. She's like, I can't get, I can't run any kind of report. I can't get like all the stuff we need. And I was like, check, check and see if Rippling can run, get the reports we need. She's made one call. Yes, that. And then we'll talk about this a little bit later. But working with independent brokers, huge. And those are the two. So like the what you're talking about the reports for for the audience. That is why we switched over to Rippling.
1: That's awesome. The the second thing I love about reports is that it's sort of it's embedded with like the permissions in Rippling. And so and and this goes to your point earlier, um, you know, if you have the the permissions that you have in Rippling stretch across reports. So you can set someone up in Rippling as an admin for a particular department, for a particular location, for, you know, for a set of employment types, like just for 1099 contractors or something like that. And then those permissions can flow through across the entire system, you know, you know, for, for payroll, for benefits, for, for computer management, for apps and identity, but then lastly, you know, even for reports, um, that you know you can run all the reports, but like only for those people. And so, the data that's coming into Rippling from all these systems, or that's housed within it, is suddenly just like accessible to the right people who have who have the, the need for it.
0: That's that's you articulated what I was trying to say. Where like it's if if some group manager needs a report. They don't have to keep checking back with like our head of operations or someone who has access to their boards. We can just enable them to be able to run whatever they need and actually, and you, and, and it frees them up. It saves so much time. It gets sort of so many different bottlenecks just on a day-to-day basis. It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, you gotta, I I, I look back on like a, a year and a half ago and like having this key insight about like the authentication layer really is, it's like, it's such, such a core foundational piece and it's really what sets you apart from like every other quote unquote payroll benefits kind of company. Like you guys aren't even like that. You're more like a sales force, you know, like I can see Rippling being a sales force of this category. Does that make that, sense?
1: That, that's, that is literally the analogy that we talk about internally. Yeah, yeah, I, I can, one of the sort of things that I think is really important about them is that despite the word sales in their name, Salesforce is really a company that's about customer data Yep. and it's used broadly across an org- across all functions in an organization that have a nexus to customers and customer data you know it's yep. used by support organizations by csms by finance by you know everyone that sort of needs that tie into customer data and i think sort of what what we believe is that is that for whatever reason there's nothing like that on the employee side that these employee systems have evolved as very narrow, like HR department management systems. And that you really need something like Salesforce that is sort of focused on employees and employee data across the organization instead of just one function. Yeah, yeah. and and
0: I, you said it perfect. And having that sophisticated technology infrastructure that more apps and more reports and all the stuff that can plug into, it's just in the same way that Salesforce does. Like Salesforce, you know, by having their API, and being able to access all this stuff and build it into your business processes is incredible. You can see like their market cap goes up every single year over 20 years, right? I think you guys, Rippling can be the exact same way. I know in my head, like some of the yeah. stuff we build internally, like, yeah. <laughs> just knock on wood as I said that. me out a little bit here. <laughs> I'm, super, I'm super bullish on what you're doing because I think this, this unlocks like so much for companies. And we build custom software at Cruise and being able just to, to, to access that data and not have to worry like every time someone if someone leaves or someone's at it, just so much easier. So I don't know, I'm, I'm maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid too much, but I really like it. Well, thank you. Uh, let's talk a little nuts and bolts, ROI for uh, SMBs. So one of the biggest expenses you have as an SMB is your benefits expenses. And I didn't quite understand the power of being able to work with an independent broker like through your payroll and benefits solution. And I was talking to one of your team members, Matt Donaldson. And he's like, you know, we actually can work with independent brokers. Like you should really like leverage that. And we like, this is a case study. Cruz has, we have like 65 people. Now we have people all over the country. So like, I really care. Like most Silicon Valley companies don't really care about like what the cost of benefits are in Florida or Texas or North Carolina or Indiana or these places. But when you get an independent broker, they can save you a lot of money in these markets. So we saved $30,000 just by using an independent broker. Like, was that something you were thinking about as you architected the system? Like, what was the insight there to, to allow that functionality?
1: You know, at, at my last company, we were an insurance broker and we, that was like the, the only way that we made money. And one of the things that happened is it was, um, it was the, the number one reason we lost deals is when people wanted to work with a traditional broker they would say I really want to use this but like you know I want to work with a traditional broker and then it kind of wouldn't work out and so our view at Rippling was really we thought it was imp- that the, the you know again the employee record was the important thing and that if we were the employee record there were going to be a bunch of ways that we would make money and actually it would be different for different clients some clients we we'd make money here some clients we'd make money there And that we weren't going to worry too much about that. And we were going to just focus on building this employee record that created all these business efficiencies. And then we were just going to kind of say yes to everything in terms of, yeah, "Yeah, you want to use a broker? Like, that's great. You want to to use someone else over here? That's fine too. Um, You know, we can make all of this and sort of orchestrate all of this for you. And so there are, you know, yeah, that's one of, there are a lot of companies that want to use a traditional broker and typically... With some of these online HR systems, you have to make a choice about whether you want your benefits connected and online and tightly integrated with payroll or you want to use a traditional broker. Ripley is really the only one where you can where you can do both and you can say, yeah, no, I, I want all of this automation. I want enrollments and open enrollments to, and deductions and stuff like that to be managed online and with technology. But I want to have you know this sort of a traditional broker experience, someone that I can sort of go to from a service perspective and things yeah. like that.
0: I love the say yes to everything. That's such a really smart way. Cause cause you guys have the technology underpinnings. It's the same way you thought about the reports, probably. You know, like how, how do we build best in class reports instead of instead of doing the can stuff, let's just say yes to letting people make their custom reports. And the same thing yeah. on the on the insurance broker stuff. Like that's that's really really smart, but you can do that because you guys invested so much in technology. You're not trying to just kind of take some chewing gum and piece some stuff together. You actually built like a really strong infrastructure. Oh, thank you. And you just raised a new round here, which is pretty pretty amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. What are you gonna do with that money? Like, what's what's the battle plan here? How, what are you gonna do?
1: You know, the rippling, unlike a lot of, we're, we're very. A lot of our spending is focused on R and D and and much more so than most SaaS companies. About half the company are engineers. Wow. Um, um, And for most, you know, for SAS, we're 250 employees. And um, most SaaS companies at the scale, it's like 10 to 20%. We're going to try and keep it at about 50% engineering as we grow. It's not like we were sort of um, marching down that path already. And so I don't, I don't think it's going to really change our plans but it's definitely going to give the, uh, give us a little more confidence and it's going to help me sleep at night <laughs> while we do it. Because there are definitely, um, like our, our plan post-financing is is literally the same as the plan that we sort of said. That's That's the difference is in one version of that, you know, it was like, I really hope that like things are back to normal uh, and there's a vaccine, you know, like, you know, in December, not like April, because like we kind of need it to come by then because we're going to need to fundraise, you know, at a certain point. You're probably kind of like, this is how I think about our software development is like, it's so appealing
0: because you're just getting these like super clear ROIs and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And but it's going to take six months to build or it's going to take a year to build. And so you're sitting there going like, okay, it's, I'm, it's going to really help my business and we're going to have this great payback. But it's an investment. And that one-year timeline is a big chunk of cash, especially for a company like you where you have like 50% of your, your team as engineers. So like I could totally get the sleep at night aspect of that yeah. because you probably would have done it anyways because it's so appealing to make those investments. But you're just kind of cutting it a little tighter than you'd want to cut it. Yeah. No, that's right. That's that's great. So, so it's a big – is there any – I guess you probably don't want to break any news here, but like are there any – enhancements or things that people are really going to see or feel that you can, that are coming down the pipe in the next six months or something you can greenlight because
1: of this? Yeah. So I can tell you a big area of focus for us is that, uh, you know, I think um, one of the things that I believe is that there's, there's like a set of like business software, um, what I've started to call business software middleware that I think is really critical for a lot of the things that we are doing and that we're going to do. And, like, one example of that is, like, reports, for ex- you know, that, that we are talking, like, reports is, r- reporting capabilities is sort of like a set of middleware functionality that's critical for, like, wide swaths of software. And, in fact, like, most business software, I have this theory that, that the sort of V1 versions of products look completely different from each other um, when they're in different categories. But the V10 versions... Oh. All everything that rises converges and it all ends up looking exactly the same. And so the critical functionality across some wide swath of business software is like reporting capabilities, alerts, approvals, workflow, You know, some stuff around configurability. Those become the really important product components and almost like the thing that it does is almost like secondary. And so we're gonna go really, really deep on those pieces and just building like reports that are like, you know, reporting capabilities that are like a hundred X better, that are, you know, rival, you know, the the best in class BI tools out there. We're gonna go you know deep on sort of all of those other things. And many of those things are are really powerful, particularly when they're connected to the employee record. Yeah. Yep. And so then you can sort of use that as this sort of um this sort of instrumentation layer around a lot of these other business systems to extend the functionality of all of the products that you have, you know, connected up and integrated with Rippling.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. Sometimes that stuff isn't like outsiders. Don't think of it as sexy, but it really does enable, like it's the, it enables the whole enchilada, you know, like you can really just, it really makes everything run so much smoother and it enables stuff that maybe sometimes you couldn't even anticipate. That's kind of like the Salesforce analogy. Like, I'm not sure Salesforce 20 years ago really anticipated some of the stuff that's happened, but because they built it right and built it correctly, the customers could pull it in the direction they wanted to take it, which is I think is pretty neat. That's right. Yeah. One quick let's just nerd out on accountants for one second. So I just kind of want to thank you on behalf of the cruise team because I'm sure you knew this. I'm sure you architect this way, but like your guys' QuickBooks sync is so amazing. Like for people who don't know, when payroll comes in to QuickBooks, we used to have to like manually type in the journal entries and manually type in the employee breakouts, that stuff. That's just like time. That's mindless. People don't want to do that. So when Rippling came along, Rippling actually synced, the entire thing into QuickBooks. And it didn't just do like one transaction where we'd still have to break it out. You guys actually sync every single employee line item into QuickBooks. It, it makes our life so much easier. So I, I don't even really have a question. I just want to thank you for doing that.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: It's, it's amazing. Like it, payroll is one of the more complicated things we deal with. And so by you guys enabling that, it just saves us so much time. And it cuts the, like it's it's about time savings, but it's also about accuracy. Anytime you're typing stuff in, you're going to have some mistakes. So thank you for doing that. And also I just want to like, I think people maybe they saw the big funding round, but they don't maybe have like clear metrics on rippling. We've actually seen your guys's market share at cruise go, go like through the roof. And part of that is because we're so happy with the product. It's kind of like anything, you know, people ask, you know, the mattress salesman, what kind of mattress they sleep on, you know? And so for us, when people ask us what payroll we're on, we can really articulate why we think Rippling is the best and why we like working with it. So we're actually, but your market share is going crazy at Cruise. It's pretty, pretty amazing. That's cool. So, and and to, to wrap up here, we got to get you out of here, but I was talking to a couple of people at Rippling yesterday in prep for the interview. And I was like, you know, I'm having Parker on the podcast tomorrow. Like, is there any question you really want to ask him? I was expecting like, you know, Parker's philosophy on startups or Parker's philosophy on technology or, you know, some big, deep question they wanted me to ask you. And the question was, ask Parker about his chickens. <laughs>
1: what, 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 what's behind that? So we got, I mean, um, sort of in the lockdown, we, um, there was a period of time where there was like, it was like, oh my gosh, like eggs were like running like short in supermarkets. And, and I've like sort of always wanted to get like backyard chickens. And and so we, um, we went out, we got two chickens and we built like a coop. And yeah, I mean, I would say my overall conclusion from having chickens is eggs at the farmer's market are really inexpensive, (laughs) you know, like really just get eggs at the farmer's market. Because you know our chickens, they lay some eggs, but mostly they lay turds, and you know sort of everywhere. And oh my gosh, it's the kids!
0: I, I can't remember from our last conversation, kids,
1: but two kids, the kids they love the chickens. Okay, so I was gonna say it's kind of, a, but can I can I
0: make one recommendation? Because my brother-in-law has chickens, the same setup as you. Yeah. Super important that that chicken coop is secure because there's nothing worse than explaining a uh, a, a chicken down. To your kids because the, the like in the i don't know where you live but in san francisco there's still like raccoons and oh yeah,
1: animals, yeah you know? totally, totally yeah you you either have to make sure it's really secure or you have to like you know maybe at some point leave the door open yeah. and like a little trail of raccoon treats you know right right to where the chickens are <laughs> Uh, uh it's one or the other I'm not I'm not sure you know you just gotta let the kids know that those
0: chickens wanted to be wild and they wanted to be free <laughs>
1: Yeah, chickens uh, flew away it's it's wings grew out.
0: That uh, that's awesome yeah. all right man well on that note we'll wrap it up but thank you so much and congrats on all you built and I know it's not just you you have an amazing team thank you to all the engineers who make uh Cruises life easier by integration thank you to the support team Terry Chow my man Terry Chow he's amazing but I know you have a lot of great support people there and uh, and shout out to Vanessa Wu. She's she's a really great general counsel. I've actually, she shared a lot of information with us and really helped us through the PPP thing. So you built a really great team there.
1: Thank you so much, Scott. And I, you know, it, your support means just the world to us. Like, thank you so much.
0: You made our life so much easier. Your life better. Thank you, man. Take care. Bye.
1: and friends with your host, Scotty, oh. Scotty.